Alrighty, folks, it is time to strap yourselves in again. It is the General Knowledge Podcast, and you are joined with General Maddox here from realnewsaustralia.com and, of course, Ethan Nash from tottnews.com. We uh, we haven't got Andy with us today. He is MIA, not sure. He's not responding to messages. Um, he's definitely not overseas. He is in the country somewhere, but uh, he's obviously got something else on at the moment, and we can't get hold of him. So Ethan and I are going to jump in and do this just with ourselves today. If he comes, if Andy comes in a little bit later on, then he does, and we'll get him in, of course. Um, but look, uh, we are up to episode number 18 on this one, I believe, and uh, like I said, I'm joined here with Ethan Nash from TOTT News. Ethan, how you going, mate? Good, mate. Uh, enjoying a good uh, long weekend up here again in Queensland. Mm. Uh, we've got another joy up here. <laughs> Sorry Absolutely. to the rest of the, the country um, that uh, might have to go to work tomorrow. Um, but uh, here we are, just uh, kicking back, about to talk about some important topics. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, shit, yeah. Weather's pretty good for uh, for the weekend, too. It was a bit rainy yesterday, yeah. but today's brilliant. Tomorrow should be good as well. So loving it. Mm. It's good. It's getting a little bit yes. cooler, too. It's good weather. It's good weather. It's good, like sunsets and everything. It's it's uh, finally starting to even out a bit. This uh, wild weather we've been having. Yeah, I remember this time last year we had. It was a lot colder. and We had hardly any rain, but um, this time we've had plenty of rain. And it's keeping me busy, which is good. Because if for those who are uh, who follow the podcast and follow what we do and who we are, you'll know that I do. Uh, I've got a gardening business and I do that for a living. So uh, with the rain and the sunshine is always pretty good. <laughs> but yes, anyway, in the yes. other, in our spare time, of course, we uh, we run Real News Australia. And uh, Ethan, when you're not working, you're running TOTT News, and um, we're getting. Getting plenty of uh, plenty of stuff up there on our um, respective websites and and Facebook pages there, and of course we we um, we share and um, get each other's work out there, which is good. Um, in a in a show mm. of solidarity in our alternative media that we do, mate. So um, yes, I've noticed a huge spike, man. Just um, just quickly with regards to the RNA Facebook page, man. Like I think I sent you guys a message earlier in the week, and I said. I think I'm going to hit 7,000 likes by the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you remember, if you remember seeing that message that I sent to a little a little podcast chat group. But now I, I've had a look. Now I'm, I'm over 7,100 something now. So I mean, it's gone up and like over 100 just this week. It's just going crazy. Some well over 7,000 likes on the Real News Australia Facebook page. I mean, mm. it's not it's not exactly the you know the the ducks nuts the bees knees like I, I fuck I hate Facebook. I really do dislike it. Um, but <laughs> we've got to use it. Hey. Eh? It's, you know, fight fire with fire sort of thing, you know. It's one of those places yeah. where I don't always feel like we're, we're in the echo chamber. You know what I mean? I, like, like I've actually got, and people don't know this yet, I was kind of just sort of done it just so that I'm on there, but I've set up a minds.com page on their social media platform. I've also set one up on MeWe as well. Um, started to get a few followers and things. I have been posting to those. I haven't really said anything about it yet because I kind of wanted to just put it out there and have a look at it and give it a bit of a test go first just to see mm-hmm. what it's like. Um, and I, I quite like them. They're actually the apps themselves that you can use on your phone and stuff I thought are quite good. Um, have a, They have a very sort of similar feel to the way the Facebook pages and, and those sort of apps work as well. So, um, yeah, I quite like it. Um, less censorship over there. Um, you know, you're not sort of bombarded with ads and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're quite a good little platform. Um, but I, I kind mm-hmm. of... We need them to grow. So, look... If anyone out there yeah, is listening, exactly. you know, um, I mean, feel free you, yourself, Ethan, to you know, to start one up and, and just to just to, to jump on there and to have it there. 
um, you know, you might as well just get it done. Because, I mean, one day this Facebook thing, either we're going to get censored and taken off or shut down, or it'll just be, it'll go the way of, um, what was that other one um, that everyone was on in the beginning? Fuck, I can't even remember. MySpace. That's, uh, MySpace, that's it. I mean, Facebook Damn. may very well go the way of, of MySpace, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe, I think, actually, I've heard some people say that MySpace is becoming, it's getting a resurgence, so... It's still out there. It actually wasn't shut yes. down. It's still usable. Yeah. How funny is that? Yeah. No, people are still using it, you know, but it is, um, as, you, as you said, the internet, a lot of people don't understand the internet is so interchangeable. And this was one of the things that I didn't understand growing up in the internet era, especially being a writer, having some of my work published online and whatnot. I just assumed that that would be up there forever, not knowing that websites close down, people change businesses close just like they do in real life but it also affects the digital world Mm. and the same thing could happen to facebook you know they're talking about they're announcing plans that they want to completely revamp the news feed now so it's more video and photo centric and you're going to get less updates from people and there's a lot of backlash because they're getting rid of the features that most people use facebook for as a source of information a source of connection they're sort of turning it into this Snapchat, Snapchat, Instagram-esque sort of vibe as well. You know mm. what I mean? And there could be massive backlash to all of this. So you never know what could happen to these platforms. And that's why I do join other sites like this. I'm definitely going to check these sites out and apps out as well. Uh, general, now that you've recommended them, I set up my pages on those sites as well. Ever since way back in the day, the Alex Jones has informed planet.org that he launched back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I was on that even, one too. Yeah. yeah, even putting all the stuff on there, you know, like just setting those up because those will be vital if something does happen to Facebook. But still, you've just got to use these platforms like Facebook and Twitter and try to navigate them because the sheer amount of people that are there, General, and as you've said, there's no, look how much our websites are beginning to spike right at this crucial time because of these platforms, you know what I mean? And that's why it's so crucial that when people come onto our pages, they start to then go onto the websites and we convert them over to understand the website side of it rather than just a Facebook-centric model, you know what I mean? But it's just so it's so important to be able to use these platforms for as long as we've got them so for everyone out there supporting it's it's fantastic mate and it's great to see you know both of our pages especially yours you know just taking off it's fantastic mate yeah it's good and uh, like i said you know as long as we're all from helping to to promote and lift each other you know like i think adam um over at the Crads files he's now got uh, an RNA widget on his page. I think he's even got one for your website yeah. over there as yeah, well. Yeah, he put one so, up there. Yeah, yeah fantastic. which is good. Um, and Adam's Adam's. Kind of, I like what he does. He. I don't know if he gets a lot of traffic um, or visibility on Facebook as a result, but when he sees something he likes, he puts it a link to it back to his website every single time. So he's yeah. not sharing someone else. He's always putting his own up there. But I tried yeah. that, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing. I know you do a bit of the, you know, you, you probably you put a bit of money in towards promoting your Facebook posts and things like that. And I I don't do that. I kind of refuse to, to I don't want to fucking give them any money. But um, I find that if I, if I say I wrote an article, I just simply just create a post on Facebook and put it up there, that will have way less impact than it will if I find someone who's done a really good post and I just want to simply share and I just go share 
and then select their RNA Facebook page and then boom, click and away it goes. That shared post will have a lot more impact and visibility than it will a generic organic post that I put up. It's just crazy. And I hate that that's how it works, but fucking Facebook, that's just how it works. That's what it does to me. Um, so yeah. that's quite a lot of times, that's, that's why I won't always put stuff and, and link back to the RNA website because i know it's not going to get people coming through i mean look at what happens when i share the link to this podcast mate this like i can put it up and it yeah. might get 10 15 likes couple of shares but then you know minutes later i can share a, a you know a, a link about um let's go for an example here scrolling through here we go uh the free thought project guys put up a study about vaccination you know that post yeah, that's had like 90 likes and over 100 shares. And, you know, the amount of people reached was 5,500 as compared to, you know, 800 people from my, my generic, my uh, organic post. So it just drives me crazy. It's really hard. And that's why people sort of, people out there who follow us and, and you know, yourself and, and Adam and me, if they're out there doing that, they've got to make sure that they've turned on the notifications and things that we sh- that from our pages. So they've got to go in like the settings or they've got to click through and all that sort of stuff and make sure that... So when we do a post, they'll actually get notified or something will pop up in their own feeds or it will come up in their feed rather than, you know, having to either change their feed to most recent or, you know, just having it on, having the, 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 the Facebook feed show them whatever the algorithm wants to show them, you know what I mean? Because they're going to miss out on what we're putting out there if they're not actually following what we do. And that's kind of reason why I've yeah. gone over to these other platforms, mate, because, um, you know, look, we've got to be on them. I've tried that truth one, and, um, you know, I was on there for a while, got a whole bunch of people, well, I've got about 50-odd people to come over as well. Um, but that was, that's, that's I mean, talk about being in the echo chamber. You, you're literally shouting things in your own home. That's what it feels like. You're not even shouting them out in the street. Um, it was mm. very confined, I felt. So I've stopped posting on that one. I'm not even going to post on that one anymore. But MeWe and um, Minds, they've actually set mm. themselves up pretty good. They're, um, they've got a, they've got their own, themselves a pretty good platform. Minds has been around for a quite a long time, for those that are out there who are not sure. Um, it is a great, great website started by um, uh, some really uh, open-minded sort of people. There's, um, they use a lot of... I think one of them might be Minds is open source sort of stuff as well. Um, mm. I know one of them... Fuck, I can't remember if it was mines as well, but one of them uses that, um, not the, you know, like the bit crypto kind of um, blockchain technology. That's the one blockchain. Yeah, they, yeah. They use that blockchain technology. Yeah, so it's, you know, you can never sort of take it down. You'll never get rid of it, that sort of thing. So it's really cool. Anyway, look, yeah, enough, about, uh, yeah, enough about that, but I'll just sort of let people know, look, we are on those alternative ones and every now and again, I'm, I'm putting more more things up on there because um, we do mm-hmm. as much as you know as much as i'm sitting here saying how good it is that facebook's growing and i've got over seven thousand you know likes in 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 less than a, in about a month i've had about a thousand come through which is awesome but oh it i mean we've been doing this for that for that long mate you know we we should have tens of thousands on there yet we don't so we know that um the algorithms are definitely curbing the things that people see on our pages and stuff but it's we lot we rely on everyone out there to um to share and to like and to comment because when you do that the people who are your friends will see it um and that's how you bring people across to us so yeah just sharing what ethan and i do and and even adam as well you know that's what gets people onto our um onto our facebook pages and, and subsequently get some crossover onto our websites because we've got we've got pretty good websites you know adam's on his all the time updating constantly ethan's pumping out massive amounts of articles and um great great uh, informative um pieces on there 
Um, you know, I'm putting it, trying to put up more and more as well. Um, even if I'm not writing, I'm definitely going to be sharing a lot of other people's work. Like just recently, um, I've shared that one from the, uh, it was actually come over from the Epoch Times. Now, this guy, he's been around for a little yes. while, the old Epoch Times. And it was right up our alley because we've been talking about this stuff for quite a while now. Um, and that is, the article was called, uh, it was actually on April 30th, we put this one up, called China's Big Brother Social Control Goes to Australia. Now, I'll, um, I'll just take the folks through this one, Ethan, and feel free to chime in and if you want to interrupt me halfway through or whatever to make a point, then please do. But I'll, um, I'll just read this one through for the folks. It's not a huge article, but it is pretty good. And it definitely speaks, speaks to what we've been talking about on previous podcasts, especially um, with regards to the social credit system that they're trying to. And let's not, we know this isn't going to be just China. We know they're trying to push for this worldwide. But here we go. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, people can head over, head over to Epoch Times. That's e p o c h times dot com if they want to check out. He's got plenty of good work and articles, and he covers a lot of China stuff as well. All right, so Australia is preparing to debut its version of the Chinese regime's high tech system for monitoring and controlling its citizens. The launch to take place in the northern city of Darwin in the Northern Territory will include systems to monitor people's activity via their cell phones. The new system is based on monitoring programs in Shenzhen, China, where the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, is testing its social credit system. Officials on the Darwin Council travelled to Shenzhen, according to the Northern Territory News, to have a chance to see exactly how their smart technology works prior to being fully rolled out. In Darwin, they've already constructed poles fitted with speakers, cameras and Wi-Fi, according to the NT News, to monitor people their movements around the city, the websites they visit, and what apps they use. The monitoring will be done mainly by artificial intelligence, but will alert authorities based on set triggers. Just as in China, surveillance, the surveillance system is being branded as a smart city program, and while Australian officials claim its operations are benign, they've announced its functions to monitor cell phone activity and virtual fences that will trigger alerts if people cross them. We will be getting sent an alarm saying there's a person in this area that you've put a virtual fence around. Boom, an alert goes out to whatever authority, whether it's us or police, to say, look at camera five, said Joss Sattler, the Darwin Council's general manager for innovation, growth and development services, according to the Northern Territory News. The nature of the virtual fences and what type of activity will sound an alarm isn't being made clear. So they kind of kept that hidden. The system is being promoted as mostly benign. Sattler said it will tell the government where people are using Wi-Fi, what they're using Wi-Fi for, are they watching YouTube, etc. All these bits of information we can share with businesses. We can let businesses know, hey, 80% of your actual, your 80% of people actually use Instagram within this area of the city between these hours. So I'll just stop there. Uh, there. Um, that's that sort of. Um, that misnomer, you know what I mean, Ethan? That's the the, the guys, you know, so they say they're putting it out there for businesses and it's a way for businesses to help promote themselves and it's good for business, but it's literally a spying technique, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're, they're telling you it's you, you, it's going to be used for this, but the, um, the real reason, of course, is, hey, we're actually monitoring all of these people. Oh, yes, you may get a bit of a bonus out of it. I mean, it might be good for your business, but... Yeah, they're still the ones spying on everyone in their, in their area. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's it's outrageous, mate. Yeah. Think of it, just open data. That's what they're saying. Just There will be open data for all businesses to analyze. How many people are walking past your business? How many 
people are coming by, how many people you can convert to this, not realizing the amount of technology that would be needed to track those statistics. You know, absolutely. It's, uh, it's absolutely madness. You know, I mean, when people see that there's free Wi-Fi in the area, you know, that's why they jump <laughs> on it. They quickly say, yes, they agree to whatever the terms and conditions are. And of course, the terms and conditions yep. are that they will monitor and see every single thing that you're surfing the web for. Boom. You know, they've got you. And not only have they got you, but you've agreed for them to, to get you with that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. I'll keep, I'll keep going on here. So the CCP's smart city social credit system is able to monitor each person in the society, tracking every element of their lives, including their friends, online purchases, daily behavior, and other information, and assigns each person a citizen score that determines their level of freedom in society. So that's a basic rundown on how that Chinese social credit system works. The tool is a the tool is a core piece of the CCP's program programs to monitor and prosecute or sorry persecute dissidents, including religious believers and people who oppose the ruling communist system. Chinese human rights lawyer Teng Biao, a visiting scholar in at New York University, described the social credit system as a new form of tyranny meant to reactivate the CCP's totalitarian hold on society. So we've, we've spoken about that before. We know that's what it's about. It's about that totalitarian grip on society um, and you know the, the pushing through of a technocratic system. Uh, in the past, the, uh, there was the Nazi totalitarianism and Mao Zedong's totalitarian system. But a totalitarian system powered by the internet and contemporary technology has not existed before, Tang said in a recent interview with the Epoch Times. The CCP is now taking the first step to build such a high-tech totalitarian system by using credit ratings and monitoring and recording every detail of people's daily life, which is very frightening. The regime also isn't interested in keeping the society, uh, sorry, in keeping the technology within its own borders. It's exporting the system and its China model of totalitarian government as a service of its one belt, one road program. When the CCP builds its infrastructure abroad, its surveillance and social control programs are part of the package. So there's there's part of the link there. That's what they're saying. And the, the Northern Territory government has sent people over to China to have a look at these systems and to organize these sort of systems. And now they're bringing these systems back over to Australia. That's the link that, we're, that they're talking about. In Darwin, there has been a push to jump aboard the CCP's program. The local officials made a friendship deal with... I'm going to get this wrong, Yuzhou District in Guangzhou, China, in 2018, according to John Garrick, a senior lecturer at Charles Darwin University. The deal was branded by the Chinese media as part of President Xi Jinping's signature Belt and Road Initiative. That followed a previous deal with Darwin and the CCP, in which they, the city signed a 99-year deal, and we, I think you already know about this, and so does Andy and a few other Australians, but in which the city signed a 99-year lease of the port of Darwin to a Chinese company and the CCP. The Chinese owner, Yi Ching, had referred to the deal as being part of the One Belt, One Road. The deals, we're nearly finished, folks, the deals also should raise concern for the U.S. Marines stationed at Darwin under the Obama-era pivot to the Pacific about whether the CCP is able to monitor data collected on cell phones from its systems in the area. Under a 2011 deal between the United States and Australia, the U.S. troops will remain there until 2040. And, a similar, and of similar concern, the decision of Australia to begin implementing the CCP's programs for totalitarian social control represents a major development in the CCP's China model push. As the Epoch Times has reported, the CCP 
views Australia as a testing ground for its programs and wants to spread to the West. After Australia comes Canada, then the United States, in an apparent imitation of Mao Zedong's strategy to surround the cities with the countryside. So that's all the article there, folks. Um, now, just below there, folks, people can check it out. We've had a few comments as well. Um, yeah, we had, uh, a, and I, I don't mind that this person commented because they were fairly skeptical, and that was their yeah, handle, rightly skeptical. Please provide proof of your claims. Where is the legislation permitting this? Who are the Australian officials, etc.? There is nothing in the NT or federal legislation that would permit this in Australia. Proof your sources. Um, yeah, of course, I uh, wasn't obviously the original writer of that article, folks. So like I said, I at the beginning, I originally republished that one from the epochtimes.com. Uh, hence me telling that person to check those guys for the sources. But Ethan, you've chimed in with that article you shared there, mate. But first of all, before you get to that bit, mate, what's your take on uh, on this this article that's put up by the Epoch Times with regards to uh, China's big brother social control coming to our shores? Yeah, thanks, mate. And it's a, it's a very interesting article. And um, what I liked is the Epoch Times, for people that don't realise, is a multi-language newspaper from New York City. And it actually is centred to Chinese communities all across the world. It's actually a major publication that goes across the 35 countries where Chinese business people and communities read this as a central source of news, the Epoch Times, right? So what they're saying is they're describing, hey, now other countries are starting to adopt social control mechanisms just is happening in China. So this is why it is important coming from this publication specifically. They've got 15 million likes on Facebook mm, themselves, you know what I mean? They they are a big publication. So when this was published, you know, General, I, you know, I'm always all over this because we have been speaking about this, you know, for this entire year and obviously previously on our websites, but specifically in relation to this, you know, very hard this year to so to see this coming out and to see someone else beginning to talk about this type of stuff was was very enlightening and he did uh, the author did touch on on a number of key things that um were in the article mate and um going back to that little comment uh, that was there below yep. you know that's um i linked there i'm not sure if you want to explain um, what the comment is but um i left a little link there and that explains really what this is all about and we can touch on that and, and have a broad um, conversation after that mate but um people really need to start looking this stuff up they need to read the article they need to start looking this stuff up for themselves because it is real and it is happening and and this stuff is incrementally creeping as we've been talking about all this year mate so yeah very interesting article i know we'll you know keep touching on it but um those are my general uh, thoughts just on the on the basis of the article mate yeah well i mean in that um comment that you've provided um after that person and like again i'm not upset that this person I'm glad they're skeptical. You know what I mean. They should. Everyone should be skeptical. Um, Absolutely. And, but yeah. it doesn't mean you say you're skeptical and you you then push and ask everyone else to provide everything for you. You've got to do your homework yourself. Um, and it doesn't take much to do the homework on this specific topic. I mean, <laughs> fuck me. You go to my website. Go to your website. And just simply type in China, and you'll probably find a whole bunch <laughs> of articles re with regards to it. I mean, the information is out there. But I mean, the the link that you provided uh, in that same comment. So. Um, Darwin have announced this as part of their Switching on Darwin project. More information found here, and you've provided the link. And if you go to the link, it goes to the city of Darwin, nt.gov.au website, 
And the article called Switching on Darwin. Switching on Darwin is a $10 million project which is delivering smart technology. There's that phrase again, smart technology, to encourage innovative solutions and enhance community life. Well, it sounds very <laughs> communistic to me, but anyway. Oh, it's so lovely, isn't it, mate? Yes, no, that's the project there. And as I said, like, um, it, it's not that hard to find. This is, we've touched on it on our websites, mate. Um, the, um, all of this push towards this because this is part of a national initiative to introduce what they're calling smart cities all across the country. Now, mm. previously, what this has been has been just a push to to basic things like better lighting, um, better security, better mobility and functionality of cities, right? But what has got the attention and how it relates back to this article is because Darwin is starting to take it a step further and they're starting to introduce technologies that are inspired by these mechanisms. So if you go to the link, if you check out General's article, I've provided a link in the comments there to the program. But if you just look it up, switching on Darwin, this is their initiative. And some of the key aspects that they're going to be introducing is 138 new CCTV cameras for mm-hmm. the CC CBD, sensors for vehicle and pedestrian movement analysis, smart parking technology, microclimate monitoring systems, and a smart city platform. Now, if you go back and read the article on General's website, The author goes through some of these things that they're touching on, barriers, virtual fences to stop you going to areas to protect the environment or to enhance security in the city. They're talking about lighting up, um, you know, LED lights in all of these major cities so that no, um, there's no darkness in certain parks, you know, so that the whole city is lit up for these cameras to see. So they're starting to introduce these things. Now, bear in mind when you do go down and read the frequently asked questions, the Northern Territory government says, no, these cameras will not um, use facial recognition technology. So they're not using facial recognition technology yet but this smart city initiative is the building blocks and the basis of these cities that are going to be introduced where it's really general just going to be a digital dystopia where all of your movements are tracked all of your behaviors are monitored analyzed and everything is going to be centered and moved around that and this is happening all over the country mate newcastle Uh, You know, they're having it in northern Queensland, Melbourne, Adelaide, all of these cities and states are introducing smart city platforms and Darwin are are charging ahead, General, by introducing some of these uh, draconian measures, which could lead very well to a Chinese social credit system, which is what we believe is happening, mate. So it's all right there. What a place to to roll that out to because you've got... I mean, as far as um, our capital cities go, you know, Darwin's not exactly the biggest one. It's um, fairly easily laid out in a smallish kind of area. Mm. You've got the Chinese port right there to bring everything in that you want, you know. Um, But hey, look, one of the things I thought was interesting um, on that link, if if people scroll down to the FAQs, Mm -hmm. there's the section under the CCTV, right? And then there's one about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven down. Is audio recorded? All right. Click on that one. Mm-hmm. It says, so is audio recorded? No, council is not recording audio. Note, there are microphones with some CCTVs that will collect noise level data 
to monitor environmental noise levels, example construction, traffic noise, pollution. There have these have been installed along the Esplanade. So is audio recorded? <laughs> it says no, but then it says yes, they will be recording audio. But what I like there, though, mate, it's a very much um, catch twenty two because I highly doubt that the Northern Territory government council whatever will actually be running this guarantee you i guarantee you it'll be outsourced mate i guarantee you'll be outsourced councils are hearts (laughs) they are yeah they're ridiculously incapable of doing this stuff so it'll be outsourced so for them to say no council is not recording audio that's probably true the council isn't recording it the company running it will be recording it so they're they're, they're sort of lying by omission in a sense there or telling you a half truth if you wish but then they go and tell you that the, there are microphones in some of those CCTVs. Oh, but they're not going to record, you know, people's conversations. They're just going to inv- in monitor environmental noise levels, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. It doesn't get more Orwellian in the terminology, does it? I mean, seriously. <laughs> they are definitely going to um, record uh, everything they can. If they can, they will. Like, people are going to be the- kidding themselves. Sorry, mate. No, you're right. I've just it's uh, it's ridiculous. These frequently asked questions. I had a good laugh going down. They're the mm. most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Like the one right underneath it. Will council have privacy protections in place? It's literally one sentence. Yes, it will be supported by appropriate policies and guidelines. That's all it says. <laughs> like what kind of what yeah. kind of answer is that? There's no link website? to those like, guidelines sentence. or policies either, is there? There's it's just nothing. <laughs> it's it's just the biggest load of shit you've ever oh, seen. It's it, and <laughs> it's. it's like, I know oh. what they're trying to do. They're trying to put people at ease who have these sort of yeah. questions. But then they don't actually provide you with an answer. They provide you with that Orwellian doublespeak. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> giving me any comfort whatsoever. Yeah? Yeah. It's fucking And speaking ridiculous. of comfort, like, listen to what is defined as a smart city under their definitions. Yep. They define it as an effective integration of physical, digital, and human systems in the built environment to deliver a sustainable, prosperous, and inclusive future for its citizens. That's the definition of what a smart city is, an integration of physical, digital, and human systems in the built environment to then deliver all of these sustainable methods, mate. It doesn't get more Orwellian than that, and this is what they're introducing all across the country. And this is what we're talking about in relation to China's social credit system because it's not just this smart city initiative. We've been seeing, as we've spoken about, biometric systems rolled across the country everywhere, airports, schools, you know, public transport, our passports are being replaced with facial recognition. All of these systems are being set up and now they're building the structural cities and putting these initiatives on the website, mate. Like, it doesn't it doesn't get clearer than this, mate. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you noticed, though, you can also... They've linked to... I don't even know what it actually stands for. Um, let me just quickly go back to that. So the one you said, that smart city. What is a smart city? Have you, have you, did you notice in the brackets at the very end, they've got an ISO number there? Yeah. So that is, that is yep. literally straight out of a publication, that definition. And you can actually... <laughs> search for that definition and it comes out of a vocabulary smart cities it's like a, a book current uh where are we it's a hard copy you can purchase for 60 pounds um what is this pass about it is it provides a list of the industry agreed terms and their definitions for use in developing uk smart cities so yeah it's, it's um I would dare, dare say that if you dug into that one there, we'd have the UN written all over it with regards to um, 
that terminology yeah. for smart systems. Well, but, absolutely. Yeah. Well, ISO, like that's an international standard yeah. of something, right? So it's it's what it means that that is the international standard definition. So yeah, all for, um, countries. It's for written literature usually. So every book you'll ever see will have an ISO or something on the back where you can actually look it up. It's like registered somewhere. Um, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. But it also relates to assets as well and asset management as well. Mm. And the Institute of Asset Management are the ones that, that like hand out all of these ISO clauses. So this is the international standard covering management of assets of any kind, right? So that that means that whatever countries are introducing that are going to be following that strict definition of what that is. It doesn't mean that that is just an inclusive thing to Australia or Darwin, mate. It means that what they're talking about is going to be an international standard Correct. across the world. You know what I mean? So it's uh, they've even linked to it on the website. Yep. It's, um, People can see it for themselves. Stuff, yeah, yeah. So we're not lying yeah. when we share this. And we're not lying when we say we're concerned and we're trying to get other people concerned about this. This is the agenda. This is what they're trying to do. You know, we can't make yep. it any more plain for people to understand. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, right before your face. And yeah. as we've said, Australia is like a test subject for this you know what i mean so i definitely recommend everyone to head to our sites you know i've done pieces on it um china's social credit system may soon reach australia all of these pieces that we've done you know you were talking about the trains being blacklisted on your website a few months ago general there's plenty of info on our website people to see how this is building and where this is leading and i plan to publish a, a article in the future talking about what these smart cities actually entail because uh as you said general it's it's all wellian stuff when you look past the double think language that is put before us and mm. understand that this is just completely agenda 2030 world governance driven to to push everyone to this sustainable model of living yeah and, that, and that's not a leap and bound right there that is literally just telling people what is what it is you know what i mean yeah you, you can't mm. be any more plain about it and if i were you mate i would hang on to that iso number because you might need that as a reference guide for um where they're getting their terminology from too yeah yeah that was a good spot i'm definitely going to save that i didn't see that so we can uh, dig yeah, a little they, deeper they just snuck that one in there didn't they here oh here's where we got that terminology you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes no it's funny stuff, stuff funny, yeah it is it's um crazy stuff um now i can't remember if i don't know if i shared it on the the last show obviously i think i missed it because it was afterwards so yeah, three days earlier. So April 27, I'll just go through the next one on my site. So this one's actually by Andy. Um, and this is kind of good with regards to technology as well. So uh, no opt-out of Australian body scanners. That's the title of the article. So Andy, um, as for those who have listened to our previous shows, you know he went over to PNG recently and he's back in the country now. But I'll just take the, the folks through this one here because he noticed something quite interesting on his previous visit out of the country. All right, so this one's by Andy. On a recent business trip, I was at the Brisbane International Airport heading for the departure gates where, of course, like all airports, my next step was to go through a security checkpoint. The airport at this time of day was quite busy, so it was a long wait before I came up to the bag scanner. While waiting, I noticed the long lineup where every single traveler was being body scanned. Not passing through a metal detector, body scanned. 
I decided while I was waiting in that line that I didn't want to receive the radiation dose this machine delivers to every traveler's body who is scanned by it, so I decided a pat-down would be acceptable. To my surprise, it was confirmed to me that the body scanner machine was mandatory in Australia, and that if I did not proceed into the machine, I would not be allowed to board my flight. I then I had then realized that Australian airport security had moved from a trial body scanner to now a mandatory body scan for each traveler. My trip was vital to my business, so I ended up moving through the scanner to receive my dose of unwanted radiation. In the USA, passing through a body scanner is optional. People who refuse to be radiated can't opt for a pat-down instead. So why are Australians denied this option? Why are we forced to enter these machines somewhat against our will? Sure, we do have the option to say no to the scan, but that is also a no to leaving the country. Not exactly free will there. A quote here. Your right or rights at the screening point. When entering, or so when you enter a screening point, you are agreeing to each screening procedure. If a frisk search is required, you will be asked to consent to this process. You have the right to refuse any screening process. However, if you refuse, you will not be permitted to go through the security screening point and you will not be able to board your flight. Source homeaffairs.gov.au. The above quote is from the Australian Home Affairs website. The language used is very interesting. You have the right to refuse any screening process. Seriously? So we have the right to refuse and then you'll be thrown out of the airport. Does that sound like freedom? And this. You will be asked to consent to this process. Let me rephrase that statement. We demand you comply to this process. That's what they're actually saying. So it's interesting that people are entering the airport are not advised of body scanners and you never get the opportunity to consent as it's not a condition of the sale of an airline ticket. People are treated like sheep as they're passing through the who knows what levels of radiation. The staff at the airport advised me that the radiation given by the scanners is no more harmful than the radiation given by a mobile phone. But how would they know? Where's the evidence of this claim? Sounds more like a way to put people at ease if they seem agitated by the thought of being irradiated when being scanned. The World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer found radiofrequency electromagnetic energy emitted from mobile phones was possibly carcinogenic to humans. The Telstra website quotes advice from the World Health Organization about how to reduce mobile phone exposure. It recommends mobile phone owners, one, use hands-free devices to keep mobile phones away from their head or body during phone calls, two, limit the number and length of calls, three, use phone in phones in areas of good reception to reduce exposure as the phone will transmit at a reduced power. There's mountains of evidence that mobile phones cause cancer. Even the manufacturers themselves include warnings with the very phones they are selling you not to place uh, with their phones or phones they are selling you telling you not to place them against your head when making calls because of the radiation risks that can lead to cancer. If they didn't include these warnings, the litigation would sink them. So with airport security staff sitting in close proximity to these scanners day after day and travelers being exposed constantly, does it really provide you with any comfort hearing it from the horse's mouth that they are no more harmful than your phone? We get fed so many lies from our government, corporations and industry that are only interested in making money while public health takes a back seat to their profits. That's the end of the article there. So that one um, was written by uh, Andy there and I think it's... Um, pretty interesting to know because i didn't actually know that it was now mandatory and andy didn't know when he because he goes over fairly often now he's got to be radiated every time he goes overseas ethan it's not good mate there's no option to to just have a pat down like there is in the states and i don't understand why um you know we are now forced to to go through the scanners otherwise you forfeit your ticket what do you reckon of that mate 
Yeah, mate, it's very interesting. And I, I didn't know that um, this had actually come in. I'm not uh, jet-setting like Carl Stefanovic or any of these people all over the planet. Um, so I, I don't fly too frequently internationally. So I, I didn't understand that um, this was the process. I understood, obviously, that there was body scanners that were there. And this is why Andy's such a jam out there, if you're listening, Andy. Um, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge, my friend. And, and this is where, you know, your, your life experiences have come into play here. And this is a great piece that he's just wrote based on his experiences here at the airport. And, and as you've said, you just link straight to the new announcement on the Department of Home Affairs website saying, oh, yeah, you absolutely have the right to refuse this. And we absolutely have the right to refuse you on the airplane if you yeah, do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's... Um, <laughs> This uh, going back to that double think that um, double speak language that we're that we're talking about. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's unbelievable, and and this has been a big issue. You know, ever since I first got into the, you know, the alternative conspiracy truth sort of realm. You know, body scanners at airports. Yeah, that was a big thing, and especially when they were trying to introduce them in two thousand eight here in Australia at um, international airports when they were first bringing them in. It was a massive thing because. There was massive um, concerns, especially overseas, not just about the radiation, but about what these TSA agents and whatnot were doing with all of the photos that they were gathering and all of the things that they could see through these scanners. You know what I mean? Just who are these creeps that are looking at you? You know what I mean? So mm. now the fact that you go there and there's a wealth of evidence to support that these things are just not good for you, um, now that you have to go through them, it almost seems like... Um, you know, the, especially airports are starting to become really bad. Once facial recognition becomes your passport, you can't refuse um, your, your radiation belt and then it all becomes automated. You're just going to be going through just digital systems <laughs> like, a, like a little sheep. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it's unbelievable. So yeah. this is just incremental blocks, General, incremental blocks of yeah. them just setting it all up because if they did it by just a one big announcement, this is how it all is, people, you know, they might... Uh, yep. They might not take that too well, but if you do it incrementally under the guise of security and freedom, you know, anything will get passed. And this is just another example, mate. Yeah. Well, in the comments section down below, there's um, a few people have posted one One lady. She says, uh, I wish to compete in international sport. Can I sue over this? Um, my reply was doubtful, as it's most likely deemed imperative for reasons of national security, in quotation marks. And um, another person says... Yeah, we can't even opt out of voting. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but then the same person who asked that first question, she says, I believe JWs can, and she means Jehovah's Witness. So I'm not sure. Anyway, um, someone else below says, do politicians have to comply? And I said, that's a good question. I don't know. Because um, mm -hmm. if they're going to be yeah. leaving to go overseas, do they have to then be radiated uh, because of their status in our society? I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm, <laughs> in a sense, I hope that they do, but... Um, you know what I mean? Does does that mean we all have to become politicians to avoid it? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> uh, look, hey, speaking uh, of uh, of poli politicians, I, I was actually listening to Adam's latest podcast over there at the Craze Files, and he had uh, Alone Alarm uh, on with him, which was I thought was a great show. And um, we might uh, we might just segue into some of that political talk now, mate, because. The election is coming up, and uh, for the folks out there listening again, we are indeed going to be uh, hitting the streets and get, getting over to some of the polling booth areas and uh, interviewing some of the folks coming through. We're going to put a question to them. You know, um, who are you? I'm going to ask them, are they going to 
vote for the independents and miners. We're going to ask them if they're voting for the big ones and why. And um, I'm, I'm definitely going to press some people a little bit more to, and ask them, okay, you know, can you name me three of their of their policies? You know, if they're whoever they vote for. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, oh, it is cruel. It's very cruel. And um, don't test the people like that, General. <laughs> my goodness, I know. Be pandemonium. <laughs> why am I making them think? <laughs> um, you know, so we need to. Uh, I think people need to be questioned a bit. You know, like, why not? Like, why not ask them why they're voting? Okay, you're going to vote for Labor. Okay, what's three of the Labor's yeah. policies? And then watch yeah. the watch the blank expression on their face, and we'll get that all on video because that's what we're going to be uh, doing. Uh, maybe we might just sway a few people's votes to uh, some of the independents or something as well, just on the basis <laughs> that they don't know what the big ones are, are, are going for. <laughs> um, yeah. But look, we might uh, I might let you segue into this one, uh, Ethan, because this was actually your article that I've um, I've reblogged over at um, Real News Australia. So this was originally posted and published by yourself over at tottnews.com and. That is the independent political parties to get behind in 2019. I'll um I'll let you um take the reins on this one, brother. Yeah, thanks, mate. So um this was an article I published uh, a couple of months ago on the website, and you've obviously yeah. republished it coming in to the deep end of the election here. And um I also have had a little bit of a tweak to it, added a new party there, um to have a to have a chat about that. So yeah, let's do just it. going just going through the article here. Um, just going through the article, um, what I wanted to do here was just highlight um, some of the key things uh, that were associated with, you know, who else is there to look at? You know, who else is out there? What are some of the other parties that exist um, that we can we can vote for? And as we've seen every election, there's been uh, just a mirage, an increase general of just parties that have come out of the gates that are that are fighting for real issues that are trying to get their names in there and even if they're not winning what it's showing is that people are starting to become fed up and that people are starting to mobilize and build their own communities based off of massive events like this so it, it's it's working on all fronts so what i wanted to do was just publish an article talking about some of the key parties that i believe um, people should support not just for this election but in the future and it was mainly relating to uh, parties that align specifically with some of the public themes on my website, so anti-New World Order, all of these type mm -hmm. of medical, privacy, big pharma, all of these topics that I cover. So I wanted to align some of our, our, our listeners and our readers that believe um, some of these things and, and think these ways on who they can support and who they can get involved with so um, just running through the article I give a, a basic rundown on some of the statistics um, especially about trust um, and a, a global survey across 28 countries has actually shown that each of Australia's four key institutions that being government business in general the media and not-for-profits are now officially classified as distrusted for the first time since 2013. <laughs> wow. According to the statistics, trust in government has recently fallen to 35% of all Australians, while business has dropped to 45%, media to 31% from 32%, and non-government organisations from 48% to 52%. And um, the Australia's trust index is currently at 40%. So 40% of the country, General, um, according to major statistics, um, trust parameters um, that are that are 
published across the world um, have found that only 40% of Australians believe that our four major institutes are trustworthy. So I wanted to give that as, as, as a key um, background for this because what we've been seeing after every election is more and more votes for independent parties. Even if they're not winning, more and more people are starting to vote for them, even if it's a vote of no confidence, just to get rid of the bigger parties. So it's good to see that that's in. So I just listed um, a couple parties here in uh, the article here, and I started off with what I thought um, obviously is a fantastic party um, that's out there, which is the Health Australia Party. Um, now, General, I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure you've obviously heard um, of the Health Australia Party, but I felt like um, that this party, you know, being committed to promoting open and transparent decision-making and honesty of information regarding health, I thought that that was just a fantastic initiative um, mm. that was introduced. And this is a party that is opposed to mandatory vaccination, GMO food alteration, forced fluoridation, and more. And I list some of their key policies um, on that website there, and it's all relating to health, all relating to developing holistic, natural uh, structures and models to um, society based off of a healthy um, society, away from GMOs, away from some of these, um, you know, these big medical farmer and agricultural giants that have taken over. So they've got a comprehensive policy on their website that details all of this. And I've I've seen them on Facebook a couple of days continuing to share posts saying we oppose mandatory fluoridation. Everyone should have freedom of choice in a democratic society to sustain self-reliance, you know what I mean, in, in regards to their health. So, General, I thought that that was a fantastic party um, that I touched on uh, just to kick the, the party off because I've become a big fan of them in, in recent um, years, seeing all the work that they've done, and they've got some strong candidates all across the country. Um, have you heard of this party, uh, General? And what are your thoughts, um, just on a basic overview of, of the Health Australia Party, mate? Yeah, what are your well, thoughts on first, that? First of all, I'll just say to, to the folks out there listening, none of these parties that we're going to talk about today have asked us to do this, nor have they provided us with any funding to put these people up there. These are literally just what we've seen and and uh, what we believe uh, are good qualities in a party. Yeah, and good hence, hence our, our, our saying, you know, we think these are a good pick. Um, so we just, yeah, we have no affiliation to any of these parties, but we will, of course, yep. promote and, and push any of their, their, their agendas because we believe in them and uh, because we believe it's um, for the best of our, of our society and they're up behind us and we sort of have similar views. So, um, yes, definitely point, de- yeah. definitely have I, have I heard of the Health Australia Party for sure. If you um, folks go back and um, you can head over to Real News Australia and um, even our YouTube channel, I think we've still got some uh, videos up there. When I went out on that election day, you know, three years ago in 2016, when they were first into the, into the um, elections, that party, uh, we, we were trying, we were mm-hmm. sort of talking them up and asking people on the street, have they actually heard of this party and what they stand for? So absolutely, yeah, happy to get behind them. And um, yeah, it's going to be, um, I tell you, all of these parties we're going to quickly go through uh, are going to be tough. It's going to be a tough decision in as to which one's going to get the number one. You know what I mean? That's going to be the hard part. We know yeah. who's definitely not going to get it. Don't vote Greens. Don't vote <laughs> Labor. Don't vote the uh, Liberals. You know what I mean? So these are the ones yeah. you need to be sort of worried about who's going to get the one. Either, But whatever you do, put these ones first and the other, the big ones last. So definitely a big it's guess. It's almost for the, exciting. 
It is actually, yeah, it's definitely almost exciting, uh, mate. It's exciting to have these types of choices now. You know what actually, I mean? I can't remember right. elections where I could be like this. You know? Well, previously, the only other ones I could remember thinking of was the that um, shooters and fish fishing party and like uh, One Nation or something. Yeah, they they sort of mm. seem to be those other other ones, the, the bigger ones that uh, were the alternatives back then. But now we've got mm. we almost have the burden of choice. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, so <laughs> the Hap, Haps got my uh, got my vote for sure. Yep. Um, let's take us through yeah. the next one. Absolutely. So yeah, Health Australia Party definitely go and check that out. And as as always, we leave uh, hyperlinks on the article so you can go click read their policies, check their work out for themselves and as general said we're not affiliated to any of these parties we're just sharing them and i i wrote this piece more as an, an opinion piece just to show people these are parties that i think align best with the the topics that we cover about so health australia party definitely a pick and uh, the second one here is the great australia party now this is a party that's been making significant noise over the last 12 months mm. here in this country um, due to a combination of strong policy promotion and social media presence, um, which has organically grown to over 10,000 followers on Facebook alone. They're powering through the social media platforms, the Great Australia Party, and it's all relating to Australian society. So national values, the Commonwealth of Australia, the constitution, common law in this country, understanding um, the legalities and this this fake system that has been introduced with this this bogus American corporation, registered mm-hmm. corporation that is masquerading as the Australian government. This is what this party is covering. If, you, if you're a fan of all of that work that we've covered before, you know, we've released documents relating to that on tottnews.com in relation to what is the legality of government in this country? Well, the Great Australia Party folks are tackling that head on. And, um, General, you might know a little bit more about this party um, that I do. Um, they've they've got a bloke with them um, that has been just battling court cases and taking them to the Supreme Court and just been an absolute powerhouse online. Um, it's just been very interesting to see that this party has really been getting um, a lot of, of momentum behind it. And uh, I think this is one of the most very interesting um parts of it um you know because they're just talking about restoring um the commonwealth constitution of this nation and all of the things that are addressed to that so general mate what are your thoughts um just on the great australia party i know you've probably seen them pop up online as most of us have um seems like it's starting to get a bit of a push mate this could uh this could be the one in a couple years maybe yeah, I think is it Rod Cullerton you're referring to? Is that the- yeah, that's that's his name. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, Rod yeah. Cullen or something. I yeah, believe his Cull- name Cullerton. Is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, and he he's in. he's been uh, doing um, a whole bunch of work relation yeah. to you know. Yeah, it's Rob Rod Cullerton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's been doing E T O N. Yeah, you're right. Um, Look, yeah, definitely been seeing these guys uh, in the social media. They, you're right, they're all over it. And I think they've got their finger on the pulse and they're very tuned into what people are being, uh, you know, what the public and, you know, I guess the general public at large really is uh, is being annoyed about and what, what we're pissed off about. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they're listening. Um, they hear what people are, are griping about. They're, and, um, yeah, they've, they've, if you look at their policies like you've got listed uh, in that article there, some of the ones there, yeah, um, yeah, they're they're also against the, f- the forced medication. So again, they're um, for the for the your own choice of um, 
vaccinations and fluoride. So that'll be a, a big one for anyone who's after and interested in things like health and stuff. Um, mm. The other one I, I liked of theirs too was the focus on um, the law enforcement and, and eliminating true crimes, not worrying about drugs or you know the really petty sort of stuff. Because um, mm, to me, that's a yeah. big thing. That, that's the thing that's clogging up our prison systems and stuff is the, especially the drug stuff, you know. Um, mm. Whereas crimes where some people are getting, you know, bashed or raped and things like this, you know, those those sort of people, you, you see it all the time. They get let off all the time. They're always making bail. They're always back on the streets. Whereas someone who's got, you know, a kilo of marijuana or, that they're, or they've sold a bit of, you know, marijuana or something, you know, they get, you know, four years or six years or something stupid and it's like well, yeah these are the non-violent people and they've got it they've got it backwards so they've they, that's i guess one mm. of their priorities too is to try and reorganize that part of our society and yeah punish those people but yeah i'm very 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 happy with their stance on you know re-looking at the taxation bank reform like you've got written there um and the big their big focus is definitely the the focus on the commonwealth on our constitution too um and i believe that would be our original um, constitution, not um, anything that's been changed over the years. I thought they're talking about going back to that uh, original one in the early 1900s, you know. So, and they're like the focus yeah. on common law as well. So that's that's really good for. And we, yeah, you know, we've been we've spoken about that sort of stuff many times in the past too, in, in previous articles and things. And that's a that's a really that's a real big one for a lot of folks out there who, because um, it, it, I guess it's a real it's a it, it's that that genuine kind of. Um, Oh, it's hard to it's hard to express what I'm trying to say there, but it, I guess it's a, a genuine concern of of a lot of people who um, they want to see that reflected in a political party, and not these yeah. you know, the big ones that just want to focus on you know rubbing their own lining their own pockets and patting their own backs, you know. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Heard of them. And, it's and- great to see them doing well on on social media. Sorry, go. Yeah, absolutely, mate, and 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 what a ne- great name too, the Great Australia Party. Man, yeah, I think they do well there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good choice. That, eh? That's choice a on that one. Fantastic name, the Great Australia Party with I mean, the big look, lion logos in, and everything. But it fits in with everything else in Australia too. What do you got? You got the the Great Australian Bike. You've got the Great Dividing <laughs> Range. You've got the Great Barrier Reef. You got Great yeah. White Sharks. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's it is perfect. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's no, up next? I like, oh, sorry. Go. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I was just going to say, and I liked that they seem that they know what they're talking about. You know, you have a lot of these straw men groups and whatnot that talk about a lot of this common law and de facto government and all this type of mm. stuff. But when it becomes into practicality, you really have to know your stuff, or else you're going to get caught out in all of this mix because the system is too structured, this fake system that they have created. And what I liked is that they want to eliminate local councils as de facto third tiers of government, which is a fantastic idea Mm. and shows that they know what they're talking about to understand that they are an illegal tier of government, that they were never voted in a referendum to become the third tier of government. They're just a de facto. And another key point is it relates to what we were just talking about, General. If you eliminate the councils, who's going to be writing these stupid frequently asked questions about surveillance systems coming into Darwin? They're not going to be there. (laughs) Very true. It eliminates this system and then they're going to have to come out in the open with, oh, no, we've actually got some third company yeah. doing it. It was never councils all along. So, yeah. you know, it's it's going to hit them from all angles. So I thought that that was a fantastic um, party there. 
Um, the next one is the Australian Protectionist Party, which is a, it's a new party that um, is is pretty engaged with the TOTT Facebook page. Um, and you know me, General, I'm I'm very uh, big on on national sovereignty, national identity, nationalism, um, some of the, the the great things that make us a, a true Western uh, country. You know that built most of the modern world. Um, and if if you're someone that um, is, is, is relating to that, you know, you're concerned about immigration levels, what's happening to the country in terms of our culture shift, the divide and conquer, you know, the integration of all of these um, cultures into a melting pot, as we've spoken about on different episodes, that just leads to all of this chaos, this manufactured chaos that they're developing. The Australian Protectionist Party is, is a great party to support because they're sharing things on that all of the time. And, and they're talking about defending Australia's identity, heritage and freedom. And um, obviously, you know, key things like protecting freedoms, families, jobs, industries and rural communities, you know, in, in relation to, you know, national industries. And I first become a uh, aware of this party because they were sharing the Lima Declaration video that I made. So, just alone off of that, I understood that they understand That's some right. of the context behind this. They understand some of the context to why our industries are completely gone. And if they're not gone, they're completely suffering because of the increase of globalization. You know, so they understand that this is where they're coming from. So when they're talking about restoring freedoms, restoring jobs, you can see that they understand what the cause is. So I thought the Australian Protectionist Party um, was a is a good mechanism. And as I said, it's it's more for people that if you you know you subscribe to the nationalistic side of views, understanding the positives um, in in a in a positive spin of nationalism, not the fake media propaganda that's put out there, the racist, anti-Nazi. BS that you see along mm, there, mm-hmm. that's what you see because this is all about protecting traditional family units, you know, protecting sustainable land, sustainable, you know, industries and our farming, just restoring Australia to what made us great to begin with. And 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 that's what that party is all about. So I thought that that was a great one. They're talking about citizens initiated referendums, which is, you know, even since the days of Mike Holt and Restore Australia back in the day, he was talking about that. Um, great Australia party are talking about that. So that's a great policy as well. The, the fact that we should be able to be able to initiate our own referendums as is written in the constitution that was taken out of there, um, you know, by the government. Um, so I like that one. That's a fantastic party there. Um, I thought that that was good. Australian protectionist party. And that's what it's all about. Protecting Australia, protecting Australia from some of the dangers of globalization and, and some of the, the after effects that it's already starting to cause here so what are your thoughts on 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 that one mate um have you seen them pop up before and, that and one, what are your thoughts and i'll be honest with you no i don't know i only knew very little about um the australian protectionist party uh before i uh read this piece originally and then decided to of course reblog um yeah i didn't know enough about them but um now that i've i've checked them out i've had a look yeah and um yeah absolutely agree with that and they're, again they're speaking to very similar to, to what um gap does um, the Health Australia Party, they all have very similar standpoints and, and views. But this one in particular, I quite liked um, with regards to the ensuring more democracy in public affairs by establishing citizens-initiated referenda, whereby ordinary citizens can initiate a referendum on policies. That, I think, is key. I reckon that's a fantastic one that they want to put through. Um, because how many mm. times do we see policies come through and get announced that 
you know the the party as a whole has has voted like liberal or labor or whatever and you know the people who who have voted this party in they didn't know that they were going to have this this policy implemented and yet we then no longer have a say because it's just one of the policies they're going to put in because we voted that party in and yeah you're mm-hmm. stuck with it now whereas now they're, they're saying look if a policy comes up we're going to give the citizens uh, the option to initiate a referendum and um, and and call it so people can actually take a vote on those policies. And you're going to let the people speak. You know what I mean? That's that's the most important thing is you're going to let those let the people of the country speak their minds on what those policies are and if they get initiated or not or you know, imp- implemented. That I thought was um, mm-hmm. one of the key things I liked the most. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, General. And um, yeah, fantastic party there. So if you subscribe uh, to those um, values, definitely go go check those out um, just in relation to Australia's identity and what it means for our future going forward. Do we really want to lose what made us great in the first place? You know what I mean? And um, moving on here, I might uh, leave this next party just till the end because that's the new one yeah, that I have put on me, there. Yeah. And we can we can have a big chat about that at the end there, talk about the Krauses podcast and whatnot. Um, but moving on, um, what I've put here is the Equal Australia Party. Now, I liked the Equal Australia Party because I had discovered this and what the uh, bloke was doing that um, had run this party. Now, this was a small party. This is not um, as big as a lot of the other parties, but this was one that I had discovered. And what he was trying to do was mirror this party off of some of the things that he saw come out of the Yellow Vests movements overseas and particularly the Yellow Vests Australia movement. Right. So this is what he believed was the key way to go about it. Now, he didn't model it exactly because of this, but he had a party that he just um, was saying that this has just perfectly come along at the right time. All of the Yellow Vests um, policies and their guidelines align with what my party and I'm trying to do. And he's molded them together. And he's saying, look, if you believe in those values, then this is the party for you. So. Um, the last that I had heard, they were currently looking for members um, to join up for them uh, to register. I'm not sure if they um, have got there or not, but um, they've got more detailed plans. And, you know, we, we've spoke about the Yellow Vests previously, General, mm-hmm. talking about how some of their key policies about tax referendums and restructures of the, the political system and the banking system and all of these more systematic approaches to how we're going to change the system. This is what the Equal Australia Party is focused on. You know what I mean? They're talking about religious freedoms for people, tax changes. Um, they're talking, again, citizen-initiated referendums, which is a fantastic um, initiative that should be introduced back into this country, foreign ownership, all of these things that were really spawned out of the Yellow Vest protests. And and this was a party that I thought that was fantastic because they just want to develop and refine this current structure that is around us um, instead of, you know, some of these other parties general where they're talking about let's go back to how it was in 1900 or let's do this or it's health focused or whatever. I thought this was a good party because they're focusing on how do we make this current system better and and let's look to what the yellow vests were talking about um, to, to, to model how this goes. So that's what the Equal um, Australia Party is all about in general. Um, I'm sure you would agree, mate, that anything um, that sort of aligns with the Yellow Vest movement's charters um, is, is definitely on the right path, would you say, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so another good pick there as well, mate. And for, for those yeah. folks that are listening, you, you, 
most of these parties, and I'm pretty sure it's almost a prerequisite, don't quote me on that, but um, you can become a member of these parties. You know, you can become a member of several of these parties if you wanted to. Because um, a lot yeah. of them, need, they need, a, I'm pretty sure the minimum they need to register a political party in the country is 500 members. Um, and it's, I'm pretty sure it's free to join these political parties too. I myself am actually a member of a political party. And I'll bring that up at the end actually um, after the last one you're going to mention because I kind mm-hmm. of forgot that we probably, I should, probably should have added them to this list as well. But we'll get to that in a minute anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, too easy, mate. Um, that, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff there. And the Equal Australia Party, um, as we said, that's just um, the, the way to go about it there. If, you, if you're looking for, if you really were a big fan of the Yellow Vest movement, um, definitely go check out their website yeah, and, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, go join them. As you said, it's it's free. Most of them are free. You know, uh, most of them don't charge uh, stats for this. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and then at the end there, I've just put the Australian Hemp Party in. Uh, I'm not going to go too detailed on that. I'm sure everyone is very familiar with the um, Help and Marijuana Prohibition Party, yeah. the Hemp Party that have been around for a number of years now, um, which are proponents of the positive benefits of both cannabis and hemp for recreational and professional use. And this is why this is important because it's not it's not about um, obviously the hemp with this party. It's obviously talking about some of the things that we've touched on on our websites and that being, you know, things like hempcrete, developing hemp as an industry in this country, reinvigorating farming, hempcrete, hemp clothes, yep. all of these things, hemp fuel that can be developed. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's relating to all of these things and most importantly, um, obviously the medical um, side of, of marijuana and obviously, you know, things like CBD oil that people in the United States have access to now and all of these things that are just helping and obviously disbanding this big pharma cartel that exists all around us so those are more of the underlying things that i think are important about the hemp party and 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 i still think that they are a good pick because they do get quite a number of votes you know um when robo de yobo was a queensland senator for them he got like seventeen thousand votes or something in the senate you know what i mean just because of how strong the name is you know so even if you just put them, you know, as as a preference, you know, higher above the parties, you know, that might boost their votes up. You never know because they already do get a quite a number of votes. And I think that, you know, even though that their party not might be thinking of 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 how this party could disrupt the system, you know, they might be just thinking of it more just based on the hemp side of it. You know, there's obviously those opportunities there. So there's the hemp party there, General, which has has been around for a number of years. And yeah, they you know, always get one of my votes. I can tell you now. Yes, yeah, so they're still doing their thing, and then you know they've got branches all over the country, and you know it's always stuff going on in Nimbin and whatnot. So they're pretty much uh, the party that represents that community um, across across the country here. So yeah. those are some of the main picks um, that I did in. February uh, there, mate. And as I said, uh, this week I've done a bit of a retouch up to it because a new political party has spawned out of um, the distance since I first published that and have just powered ahead. Um, and I really like this party. And this is the Involuntary Medication Objectors Party, IMOP. And uh, General, I might um, get you to, to maybe give a little bit of background on this party, mate. Um, 
what it is about, where it has popped up, and and, and some of the the people that are involved with it that have um, you know obviously crossed paths with some of our websites in the past. For for people out there that don't know, do you, could you give a basic rundown of what this new party um, entails for everyone? Yep. So folks out there who have listened to this podcast should be familiar with her. We've had her on the podcast before, and um, she's pretty much amongst our little network series. Alona Lan, uh, who is a, a a major player in, uh, look, we'll say the freedom of choice with regards to medication movement instead of calling her an anti-vaxxer. She's actually an ex-vaxxer herself. But, um, yeah, so she's um, one of the major players in this, and she's teamed up with a few others across the country as well. Big names like uh, Dr. Judy Wileyman, uh, Meryl Dory as well. Um, running short on some of the other names at the moment. I can't remember the chap's name who she's uh, always in the photos with. But anyway, look, they've teamed up and... Um, they're going, to, they're going to be standing about seven people in the federal election. So they've got some in Queensland, New South Wales, WA. I don't think Victoria's... They've, I don't think they've got anyone in Victoria for them. Um, but I know they've definitely got WA, Queensland, and, so. and New South yeah. Wales. Yeah, so um, they're running for the Senate. And mm. yeah, so that's a, they're a massive one to get behind. So they're the, um, the Involuntary Medication Objectors Party. And, of course, they object to mandatory vaccinations uh, as well as forced fluoridation as well. But they've got a lot of other good policies. And there's, like you said, um, there's links to all of their policies and their pages on this article, folks. But, you know, I'll I'll go over some of these points if that's cool with you. Um, Yeah, mate. Yep. So some of their policies include defending the rights of all Australians to decide whether they want themselves, their children or their charges to be medicated. Uh, committed to repealing legislation that compels Australian children to be medicated against the will of their parents, opposes any legislation that in any way discriminates or penalises Australians for making informed decisions about their ch- children's health. That's that's like basically the no jab, no pay sort of stuff, mm-hmm. or no play. So they're obviously going to try and seek to oppose and, and get rid of that sort of um, legislation. Uh, they're committed to objecting and to repealing any legislation that has to do with the involuntary medication on any scale, such as vaccination and the fluoridation of our city and town water supplies. Uh, you know, we've spoken to Jason Woodforth back in the day when he was the MP for Nudgee, mm. and he was uh, instrumental in helping to get Queensland off the forced one and making it our own options for the councils to put it in at the will of the people, yep. which was brilliant. Mm. Um, mm. They're going to enforce the constitutional right of Australians to choose or reject medication for themselves and their children. And the party is committed to seeing an independent and government-funded investigation or royal commission into the allegations of scientists, researchers, doctors, and affected parents to the detrimental effects of the past and current vaccination programs. So uh, for those Mm. that don't know, yep, look, um, people who are damaged by vaccines in this country aren't protected and we don't have the rights to sue the manufacturers of uh, of the so-called you know vaccinations that have that have may or have caused the injury um so mm. it's really up shit creek in that regard so they obviously seek to help um in that which is brilliant as well so yeah these guys are another one we all know the passion of alona i mean we've heard alona speak and she's been a guest on adam's podcast just recently as well great one to listen to go back and listen to that one folks over at the crash mm. files um she was brilliant on there and she really laid out a lot of the stuff and had a really good chat about um what they stand for who they are um their backgrounds and all that sort of stuff so um 
yeah, definitely going to be a tough choice when I want to give them the one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I thought this was a fantastic group. And, and what was key about it is, you know, we've seen general this massive wave, especially, you know, obviously overseas, Huge. but here in Australia of Australians, you know what I mean, gathering together, forming communities um, in relation to vaccination and water fluoridation. And what's good about this group is, the candidates that are standing are key figures that have been involved in all of these movements. So straight away, it has attracted almost all of the audience to this party immediately. Yep. Yep. You know, we talk of, you know, Judy Williman and all of these, um, you know, doctors and, and obviously Alona that's on there. Um, you know, Rob, who is her candidate. Um, Meryl. The, yeah, um, all of this stuff. Um you've got uh, that that are just continuing to go on. These people have been key in building these movements. So now that they've formed together to build um, a movement rather, you know, a political, and, party. And yeah, a political party and that, that hopes to influence and, and speak out against these things and actually have a voice out there for yeah. some of these people that feel marginalised, to feel, you know, victimised or that may have been damaged or injured by vaccines or may have had adverse health reactions because of water fluoridation or, you know, things against their, their will, mate. I mean, this, this, this spans much further than just fluoridation and vaccination. Now, you were talking about opt-out programs for organ donation. You know, we're talking about the My Health Record system. We're talking about all of these systems which this party is saying we will have the right to object to. So it's not just these key points. It's it's the grander spectrum of health. And that's what I found most interesting, General, because we've been talking about not only the big pharma cartel, not only the influence of the medical industry, but just how prominent, um, you know, the medical side of things is in relation to this new world order structure. So if we can get the right to refuse anything in relation to medication for us and more importantly, our children, which they're trying to take off us at the moment, um, that is very key, General. So that's what I thought um, was was great about them. And, and they've, got can they've got candidates, as you've said, mate, standing in the Senate. So mm. definitely go and vote for them. Um, I thought that that was a fantastic party there, mate. Yep. And look, what people need to understand too is these parties we've been talking about, <laughs> the reality of the situation is they are not going to be the next major party, okay? They're, they're not... Someone from one of these parties isn't going to be sitting in the Prime Minister's office. That's the reality of the situation. What they're trying to do, though, is to get into that Senate, to get into that position where the big major parties who are also in there have less of a say because there's other of these minor parties who now have gotten seats in that Senate. They've gotten to those positions of power and mm. they're not going to, the rest of Australia isn't going to get just trodden all over because of the big parties, Liberal or Labour or the Greens, are just going to get their way every time. These parties that we're talking about are going to be the thorn in the side of these major parties. They're going to yep. try and keep them honest in that in that position. And that's what we need because we don't, we don't have a voice. The major, the three mm. major parties do not represent you as Australians. That, that's one thing we need to be clear about. They do yeah. not represent us. They represent mm. themselves, they represent the party, and they represent the people who are lining their pockets. That's who they represent. And that's all of their decisions are based on that. And that's what people need to understand. Even even the Greens, okay? The Greens represent pretty much 
the agenda 2030 and the UN basically because and you know, yeah they're, 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 the, the Greens are a hidden socialist or communist party that's what people need to understand too that's they're, they're actually very socialist and communist minded um, we fought against those people in wars folks we don't want that kind of system in this country you know what I mean so remember <laughs> that um, and like I said the liberals uh, the liberals nationals the LNP whatever you want to call them and the, the Labour government um, two sides of the same coin okay they are run and you know the the deep state and the the real money power in this in the in the world and in our country are the ones that run those parties. You know, they mm. um, their policies are almost uh, they're kind of very similar. And then you you'll see that whenever they put something up, they seem to have bipartisan support, which is <laughs> which is ridiculous. And it tells you right there that they're not representing the people who are you know, they're supposed to keep each other honest and they don't they they back each other up so these parties we're yeah. talking about are going to be the thorn in the side we need to give them as much power as possible to put them in that position where they can start to make a bit of a difference and if people see Absolutely. them yeah if people start to see that these the the big majors are getting less and less votes and because they're less and less trusted like you talked about at the very beginning of this article we don't trust them australia knows we don't trust them they know that australia don't trust them they they've lost our trust and our trust is starting to go and we're voting with our feet so um these minor parties are where people are actually putting their their um you know their their, their, their money and their power behind so but one mm. part of me i wanted to bring up mate that i kind of forgot about is um and we had them on a as a guest on episode 10 of this podcast we had jeffrey hodges from the no tolls party um so civil liberties yep. consumer rights and no tolls um that's jeffrey hodges there and um i personally i actually joined as a member because they they needed the 500 people to to be able to become a party and i i signed up as well yep. it's of course free um Anyone can do that. Again, it doesn't cost you anything. You just you just basically putting your name on on their list to say that you're a member of their party, um, and all, you know you don't need you don't need to do any. That's all you need to do. So they can then put that to put <laughs> yeah. that to the AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, so that they can then register as a party. Uh, but these guys, I'll just go over some of their policies because I think um, I agree with almost all of them as well, and they're they're right up there with the rest of them, mate. Too. So, yep. Um, uh, so their, some of their policies are end road tolls and abolish the state penalties enforcement registry spur, uh, reform the banks and re-establish a state-owned people's bank, keep essential services in state ownership and control, protect state sovereignty and Australian land ownership, protect civil liberties and free speech, establish citizen-initiated referendums, so they're also for that one as well, control corporate greed and end political corruption, ban GMOs, uh, which I'm very big behind that one too. End animal cruelty, cut salaries and perks of politicians and senior public servants. That's a lot of people are going to be happy about that one. Um, stop water fluoridation. Again, they're very much um, awakened to all this sort of stuff. End credit card surcharge fees. Free tertiary education and end hex debts. All the students are going to be happy about that one. Come on. Um, preserve wilderness and reforest Australia. Um, no GST or Medicare levy increases truth in labeling as well as their other big ones so uh, that they're there they're their policies folks so people can go and check them out at no-tolls.org and um yeah i might actually readjust uh make a, my own editors 
uh, note on this piece right at the end, and I might put them on there myself as well, just um, just so you know as well, Ethan. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I kind of forgot about that one until just before. But um, so mm-hmm. what I want to sort of um, thanks heaps for going through that too, man. That was great that you put that together, so people can go and they know who to get behind, and you know they know a bit about them and they know where to look. So um, absolutely, it's yeah. A starting, it's a starting point for folks out there. But what I what I wanted to do now is to just briefly before we wind up the podcast today is to just to go through the how to vote thing um, for people. So the election, of course, is Saturday the 18th of May 2019. Polling booths open from 8 and shut at 6. So um, make sure, you, of course, you are registered to vote. Um, you're going to have two things to vote on. You're going to have the House of Representatives, which will be that green one. Um, I think that's going to have a choice of eight people to, to number. And you must number on the green ballot you must number every box in the order of your choice and for fuck's sake people out there please put liberal labor and the greens last all right put independence and the minor parties as your one two three four five uh and then put the last ones six seven and eight and i can put those big ones six seven and eight uh, please don't put don't put liberals and labor. Convince your family members if you have to. At least put them down a few notches on that list if you're going to get them on there. Um, or at very least, point them towards this podcast so they can find out a little bit more about some of their alternative choices and why. The other one, folks, is the big Senate one. Now, this is the main one that we were talking about before. Uh, a lot of these ones are trying to get people in the Senate. Now, this is going to be the big one. So this is going to be like 1.2 meters long or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be that huge big one because it's got all the political parties and independents on there listed who have um, registered a party for this election. Now, that you have two options with this one. Now, we, we spoke about this before we started recording the podcast, mate, and I, I myself didn't, I didn't have an answer because I didn't know exactly why. But we So we've kind of assumed and we've gathered the reason for this. Now, you can... Vote on this particular one in two ways. You can vote above the line or below the line. Voting above the line, you have to number at least six boxes. You can number all of them, but you have to number at least six. If you're going to do this, again, for fuck's sake, put the big ones at the very end and put some of the smaller and the no-names and independents first. Okay, we. I would prefer everyone out there, do not do above the line. I would prefer everyone out there, take your time. It might take you five minutes in that little voting cubicle. Please vote. I would suggest everyone vote below the line. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, Ethan, uh, but I think voting below the line is the way to go. And then you can number, again, you have to number at least 12 boxes in this one. You can number all of them if you want to. You have to number at least 12. Again, Leave all of the big names, Liberals, Labors, and Greens, right to the end. Put them last in everything you do for voting this election, folks. And yes, I am going out there. I am telling you what to do because this fucking matters. Don't vote the big ones, okay? We've seen where our country is heading. We've talked about where our country is heading. The only way to stop that is to get rid of these morons who are running this country and putting them at the back and showing that people... Uh, how how to actually vote and telling them how, telling them how to vote because this is what it comes down to. Um, Ethan, what are your mm. thoughts, mate? Do you do you think that's what we should do? Should we be voting below the line? I think we should. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, mate. So um, yeah, obviously voting below the line um, obviously has more it's options. It's going to take longer. There. It's going to take longer. Yeah. Yeah. 
it will take longer and it's actually better like it statistically is better if you did fill out all the boxes mm. but it just takes like an hour to number like 140 boxes or <laughs> don't exaggerate you know don't I mean? exaggerate not that long <laughs> five minutes five minutes i swear <laughs> but um hey mate some some of us in the in the suburbs mate it's a bit hard to count that uh i know i'm kidding <laughs> um we uh <laughs> but uh yeah they, because um you know when you only do 12 then that you know the late the major parties um you know if you don't even put them on that that's the important key thing there as well so you can pick 12 independents and then not even have the major parties on there as a preference at all um but yeah it's interesting um i definitely normally vote uh beneath the line because what you see general is at the top there's just the national centric major parties and then beneath the line is the broader spectrum the playing field the 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 massive everyone um, we've spoken about basically all of the parties that are there for the senate um are what are found beneath the line whereas on top of the line what you see is more centric parties that are national based like australia you know one nation all of these types of of of, um, parties which i think was interesting and we were having a chat about this um off air as well general it almost seems like it's a way to filter people um who don't uh you know might not have the time or the patience or the know about to go about this um, to just direct them straight above above the line there, mate. Yeah, so that's they a vote big for problem, the major isn't it, mate? That, that apathy amongst most of the voting public. And going back and watching some of the videos we did last election with yeah. when Andy and I were out there talking to people, the apathy is sinking this country. The fact that most people don't care, don't know who they're voting for or why, is mm. literally steering us into into directly into the iceberg. You know what I mean? Like we're on the Titanic. We're 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 going to be sinking very shortly if you if you if this apathy continues. You know what I mean? We need to turn the ship the other way ahead of time by voting below the line and and trying to take a little bit of pride in being an Australian and having the ability to actually vote in your country. You know, we're not yeah. some sort of backwards communist country yet. Um, you know, where we've got the you know like in China where it's it's. Xi Jinping is going to be in power until he dies, you know what I mean? Because it's the <laughs> Communist Party, that's their way. You know what I mean? There is yeah. no alternative over there. Whereas here we have the alternative, but it's up to us to, to, to pick them, you know what I mean? So, look, I'm not yeah. not everyone has to go in and do the homework and, and click on all the links we've provided and visit every one of these you know parties' websites and check out their policies. Look, go with your gut on a lot of it, but whatever you do, yeah, just put those big ones last or don't even pick them, you know, pick at least 12 and and just forget the big ones altogether. Absolutely. Uh, And and it's hard, you know, because the big one is, is the Senate one. You know what I mean? What we find is when you go to the house of representatives, what you'll find is you won't find a, great australia party electorate say in the ford region or the mm. brisbane city council region you won't find these um, parties at your local electorate now the problem is is the house of representatives is the house of representatives you know what i mean and, and the problem is is it just takes there's not enough reward not enough payoff from uh, you know going about the individual route of trying to take apart every seat of the House of Representatives. So what these parties do is they try to go for the Senate because that's much more smaller, much more compartmentalised. It's the second level of Parliament there um, that everything gets passed through. And then that is where, on a state level, they can then influence that as senators of the state rather than your local electorates. But what we find is because there's not enough independence in the local electorates, a large majority of the election results are based off of what regions are going in what direction you know what i mean so Mm. you know the 
this isn't about getting these parties to become the next prime minister or the representing party of this country. It's simply impossible for that to happen because they're not hitting the key parts. What we need to happen is to get these people into the Senate so that then when they're in there as state representatives, when the legislation comes through the second tier of parliament, they're able to then block or refuse these bills that are coming through as state representatives for us. And there's a much better chance and much better influence based on the numbers if they get into these marquee positions. And, you know, when you consider some of these people, you know, some of these groups might only have like a dozen representatives, you know what I mean? The Senate is a much more idealistic version so it's not about general getting these people to be prime minister or taking over for a party the key is hey what if we got one representative from each of these parties we've listed in a senate somewhere you know then you've got people in there with different opinions being able to block this so in the ultimate scheme of things it seems like the system is just pinned against you so that you know unless you're a clive palmer that can have united australia candidates in local electorates or you know one nation in local electorates we're just going to have to go for the senate and that's why it's so it's so vital that you understand voting beneath the line on this second paper is crucial. And remember to vote at least 12 boxes, number them one, two, 12 and put the major parties last, you know? So those are just a couple of my thoughts on it general, um, you know, just to expand upon that, um, just to give people more of a context about what's really happening here. I think a lot of people have this misconception. I see a lot of people talk about, well, there's too many independent parties now. Maybe we need, you know, we need just one big solidarity party to make some influence. And, you know, I don't think some of these people really understand how it completely works, this structure. You know what I mean? And so just to explain that to people to say, hey, the House of Representatives is an impossible target for these parties. It's the Senate that we're, that we're relying on. Maybe that'll give them a better understanding to, to to focus on the Senate and not just get their House of Representatives ballot, see Labor and Liberal and go, oh, whatever, I'll just vote for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, this this may very, well, may very well be probably the most important podcast we've done for the year, mate, to be honest, um, because, you know, we're talking about a game changer here if people actually vote correctly. Um, yeah. So it's one of those ones, you know, you got to... Spread this out there, get people get people involved in, in voting and, and, and interest in the alternatives to the big ones because, uh, look, the, the, the poll didn't lie, you know what I mean? We've lost, people have lost trust, they've lost faith, and even when we talked about it with Phil Watt as well in that previous podcast we did, um, you know, the, the stats don't lie. People are absolutely fed up and, and have no trust in the, in the big parties and corporations and all that sort of stuff. So what's the yep. alternative? Well, the alternative is to vote the other way. Vote for, vote for these little guys. You know, vote for the smaller parties and the independents who are literally telling you that they're going to be that their policies are exactly what they are. They they list them out for so it's easy to see, and uh, and they're all to do with the things that you're interested in, the things that matter in our day to day lives. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's what yep. we need to focus on. Yeah, I'm just on the alp.org.au website now, and. So I'm going to, I was just trying to look up some of their policies, right? Yeah, and their, their motto is a fair go for Australia. Yeah, just whatever, mate. But anyway, <laughs> little, little, little tits shorten is a fucking joke. Um, but yeah, in big red donate today, there's a big red button there you can click on now. But you know, it's, it doesn't seem to be, you know, if you want to look for their 
their policies. It's you know positive policy, Labor's policies for a fair go for Australia. It's not not exactly as bright and colourful as the big vote, uh, big donate to us button that they've got there. Um, you know, looking at some of their plans though, let's have a look here. Better hospitals fund, fair funding for Australian schools, Labor's plan for higher wages. Um, there's oh actually, folks out there, there's a really good James Corbett Corbett Report podcast to listen to with regards to things like um, raising the minimum wage and all that sort of stuff, and actually how it's you know, people think it's a real good thing to raise that minimum wage, but the what people don't realize would actually shock you. So um, it's not exactly a good thing because it ends up harming and doing more damage to um, the local economies because businesses can't afford their staff and they end up shutting down and all that sort of stuff too. Or they start to automate and people lose jobs because they can't afford to pay other staff. So it's interesting, but um, it's a really good podcast. Listen to that one as well. But um, he did that one maybe within a month ago. So try and check that one out. I can't remember what it was called, but go through the James Corbett Report podcast ones and you'll listen about that one. Um, So back on this one here, Medicare cancer plan. Uh, labor's plan for local jobs cheaper child care fee free TAFE cheaper cleanable cheaper cleaner renewable energy nation building infrastructure oh uh, just a load of shit it it's is just all, it's just points that mean nothing it is and it, I guarantee if you, everyone went over to the liberal website or the old LMP website you'll see almost exactly the same shit um it's just so <laughs> Orwellian, double speak, you know, sort of party policy bullshit gibberish. You know what I mean? Um, Labor's banking fairness fund. I mean, what is that? Come on, um, city. Uh, I, I, I just I struggle to even look at all this. They've got so many of the like this this policies page. Like I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it goes on forever, all the way down the bottom. You know, it's. Like they've just they've just over what what's the word they've over hedged themselves you know what I mean like they've they've gone too many too big you know what I mean they're trying to have an answer for everything and the truth of the matter is there isn't an answer for everything so you've got to try and get back to the basics and stick to the things like some of our other smaller parties are talking about you know what I mean a lot of the other stuff what people don't realize is most countries in the world, if we didn't have these big governments and all these policies and legislations, most of our, our our country would pretty much still run itself. People, businesses still operate. You know, people still need to go and buy food and all that sort of stuff, and people still need to have a job and perform tasks. And you know, people still need to hire an electrician. People still need to hire someone to build their home. They've still got to go to work in an office somewhere and all that sort of thing. The world, the the, the country still runs itself pretty much. All the thing, all of the policies and and things that these big parties put in. It actually hinders most of that. Most of what they're doing actually hinders the way our country w- works. Whereas yeah. the little parties are trying to say, look, we actually want to try and give more power back to the people. Yeah, we want to, like, like no tolls for example, we want to protect state sovereignty in Australian-owned land. We want to protect civil liberties and, and free speech. We want to, um, you know, ban GMOs and we want to stop water fluoridation. These are all things that will make you happier and healthier and and protect our way of life and the way, um, you know, the, the basics. It's, that's what is really important. It's the basics. All these parties we've been talking about, they really cover the basics. These are the things mm-hmm. that most Australians are actually more fond of and the things that people actually think are more important is those basics. And that's what they're not doing. They're just, it's just full of rhetoric and waffle that these guys go yeah. on about in the big parties. So 
Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that's my spiel for for today's show, man. I'm uh, I am yeah. done and dust. I think we've covered so much there, uh, but we've got yeah, the main, been a big main, episode. Yeah, it is those main points we got across. You know, we've told people how to vote. Remember what that what we said before, folks. Go back and listen to it again if you need to. We've given people a good option on those little minor parties. Um, we've given them some some clear. Um, uh, websites and, and policies and things to check out. So go and do that, folks. And uh, the mm-hmm. only thing that's left that people can do is just to help spread this, spread the podcast, talk about it with your family and friends. Say, hey, look, who are you voting for? You know, be open. Ask people. I don't care. I'll, I'll ask people who you're voting for. And you mm-hmm. ask them why. Why are you voting for them? If they say, oh, just because I always say, well, that's not a good enough reason. How about some of these other guys? Look at their policies and show them. You know what I mean? Just say, hey, check this out. What's important to you? Yeah, yeah, I dare you, absolutely. I dare people to say, you know, get some of the policies that some of these parties we've talked about, put them on a list and say, hey, did you, and just go to their friend and say, what do you think of these policies? And, and just rattle off a few. And if they say, yeah, it's pretty good, I agree with that. And then they ask them, so who do you reckon is for this, Liberal or Labor? And then just put it to them, see if they pick one of them. And, um, yeah. You know, just, and if they, because if they say, nah, it wouldn't be one of them, then, okay, they're on the right track. But if they go, oh, liberal, liberal, they're like, no, actually, it was neither of them. It's this party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just challenge people. people Switch it up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm actually, that's one of the things I'm going to do on that election day, too, Ethan, is I'm going to have a few Good of idea. those things and we're going to put it to some people and say, yeah, what do you think of these policies? And then um, see yep. what they say. If they go, oh, okay, which which party do you reckon that was behind them? If they, you know, well, then we'll try and enlighten a few people and just just challenge them a bit. Because I'm sick it's of great this. Great idea. Yeah, I'm sick of this whole no idea who I'm voting for. I'll work it out when I get in there. You know, oh, I always vote them. That's why. Oh, my family always did. Like, it's not good enough, Australia. It is not good enough. You've got to stop doing no. that. We're, no, because then that's what's fucking over. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, they just walk in after that, and then yeah. they just get their House of Representatives. Oh, liberal, liberal, move on to the second yeah. one. Oh, too like, confusing. Forget, above the line. <laughs> forget the big parties fucking us over. It's actually us that's doing it to ourselves. You know what I mean? That's what's yeah. the apathy and the, that sort of um, thought process that people have. That's literally what. That's the first step in us being fucked over because then you're just handing the power away. And then they go and take the lead and uh, the big parties get in and then they continue to fuck us over even more. But look, yeah. well, um, any final thoughts on today's episode, mate? Yeah, no, General, just um, as we said, just just go and research these parties. Do your, your research on it. And as we said, make informed decisions about who you're voting for. Spread this with friends and families because if you don't, things like the social Chinese social credit system are going to continue to be incrementally introduced, like we covered earlier in the episode, into this country by the same people that are selling you out on a daily basis, the so-called leaders of this country. There are plenty of independent um, options out there, mate, um, for everyone to, to pick. And I hope uh, this election, um, you know, shakes things up a bit because it's going to be a very crucial um, election for the future of this country. So... We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to, to getting out amongst it, mate. Yep, awesome. Me too. Well, folks, mm. um, we've, uh, it's just as of this moment right now, recording this on Sunday at about four o'clock in the afternoon. We're seeing just shy of 4,700 uh, 4, downloads of the podcast. So it's going really well. Thank you to everyone who subscribes mm. and to shares and listens and comments and all that sort of stuff. Um, please continue to do so. Please continue to share the podcast around when we put the link up. Please hit that share and uh, or like and comment and just get it out there, folks. Um, that's we're relying on you. So thanks heaps for everyone else who already does it already. Um, yeah, so that winds up today's uh, episode 
Fuck, what was it? 18, I think I said. <laughs> Let me quickly have a check. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yes, 18. Today is episode 18, so that's fantastic. Thanks again, Ethan, for coming on. And Andy, we'll have you back on once we uh, find out where exactly you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, see you, mate.